listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, I'm so pleased to have you know him from FM, but today from Groundbreaker, Steve Overland. Steve, how you doing? I'm great, Alex. How are you doing? You okay? I'm I'm great, man. I'm having a, I'm having a blast. I'm really enjoying this new record you just put out with Groundbreaker. Um, oh, uh, which fantastic. Yep, uh, it's the second release for you guys. I had it laying here somewhere, but uh, yeah, this is your second release with Groundbreaker. It's a collaboration between yourself and Alessandro Del, Ve- Del Vecchio. Talk about what it was like putting this album together. Were you guys working remote? Were you able to get together in these pandemic times? You know, what was the recording process like this time around? Well, obviously, Alex, for this one, we were all locked down. So um, we were all in different countries. But uh, fortunately, now, you can make records like that. I mean, it, it, it is that thing where, you know, we, me and Ali are old friends. So um, as you said, this is the second Groundbreaker record we've done. Um, and we've always had a concept for, the, for what we want Groundbreaker to be. We, I mean, when Serafino from Frontiers, the record company, approached me, he said, I'd love you to just make a retro 80s melodic rock stroke AOR record. And um, so Ali spoke to me sent me a few ideas through um and that's how Groundbreaker were born and with the second record obviously um the first one had robert sal on guitar from work of art um robert couldn't commit at the time and when they wanted the album recorded so we we just sort of chucked it through tuned a few tunes around and um got started and it's so easy working with ali that um before we knew it because we obviously couldn't tour through the pandemic we we had the record and it's we're very proud of it i think it's 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 a great record no doubt yeah it's called soul to soul and it's also got great artwork by the way like people go pick up the cd like i I know that a lot of people like stream now but man the artwork on this thing is great too i gotta commend that um one thing i get from listening to this record um it's kind of got a vibe to it and to me that vibe is everything is larger than life big vocals grandiose guitars it feels super dramatic would you say that's like a fair assessment of like the vibe you guys were going for with this record i think that's a great assessment i think you've hit the nail on the head there alex i think it's the whole thing about the band is as we said it's it's drawn from an era that was very vibrant for rock that kind of rock music the 80s kind of influences that are on the record and so it's not a political record. It's not going to change the world. It's about great songs, big choruses, sort of hang, hankering back to things like the escape journey, that kind of thing, that kind of all those great records from that era. And um, that's what Groundbreaker are. And uh, we had a very, very set idea on what we wanted the records to be like when we made them. And uh, it's great for me because obviously FM come from a different place that, you know, it's, it's free, bad company, blues influences in there, different things. So to be able to go in with Ali and make an album, basically drawing back to things I did back 30 years ago is great. It's great to go back and look at writing songs in that genre again. Um, And I love it. I love doing it. It's, I I agree. I think it's an energetic uplifting record, you know, Um, you know, and I think all the performances are, Listen to the guitar player. I mean, Sven's a guitar player. Everything's a bit over the top. It's it's over song. It's over this, over everything. So you really did hit the nail on the head with that. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. Um, you actually touched on something I was going to ask you about, and that is kind of the separation between uh, Groundbreaker and what we could call your day job, FM. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Which is, I always thought of FM as one of those like 80s, you know, 
melodic AOR bands, but this does this does seem to take it in more of an extreme direction for you. Like when you're writing songs, even though you've got a lot of writing partners on this album, like when you're putting a song together, what what in your brain like separates like okay, this is more of a groundbreaker thing or more this is more of an FM thing? Well, I don't do that. You see, Alex, what I do is I um I concentrate on one album at a time. So I've I also well, I've just done a record with Simon Kirk from Bad Company, who um so that's like a Bad Company free album that's out and out stripped down seventies blues rock, and I'll get my head in the right place, and I'll I'll never have a batch of songs written that I just oh that would be great for that band and that would be great for that band. For me, it's like right, we're making a groundbreaker record. We start from the first note. And we see that album through to the end. So every note that's written for Groundbreaker is written specifically for Groundbreaker. There's no other little songs there that you put in and go, well, I wrote that for the last FM record. It didn't make it. But let's see if it will work on this one. I don't do that. I just, each album for me has got to be strong and have a separate identity. And it has to be something in itself. Has to, you know. So for me, it's like we start the record and I'll work on that record. I won't go off and work on another one. I'll work on that until I've finished it. And then it might, I mean, we just finished the new FM record. I've done that since the Groundbreaker record. So, you know, one album at a time for me. That's all I do, you know. Yeah, well, you are definitely a busy man if there's already a, another FM record in the can. I don't think you guys, have you, have you guys even been able to play any shows behind Synchronized yet before the pandemic hit or no? We've just started, Alex. We just, we went to France just to see, um because with all this Brexit stuff that's going on in the UK as well, yeah. obviously traveling around Europe is not quite as simple as it was for us anymore. So we had two dates booked in France. We headlined a festival and we did a date in Paris. And we just went out there to test the water, see how easy it would be to go out because we've got a massive European tour book for next year. So um, just to check it out, really. And it was not as easy as it used to be, but it, we, we got through it and the gigs were great, which made us feel great because we were back out on the road. Um, we've headlined a festival over here. We did three shows last week, which were great. And because you did, we, you never know, do you? Because whether people want to go back in a sort of rock clubs that hold 500 people and stand next to them, they put another 400 people crammed into a venue, but they do <laughs> by the looks of things. So, you know, um, we the shows have been great. So I've got two more shows this weekend and then three next weekend with FM. Um, and then that'll be it until next year when it all all the shows that have been moved from two years ago, we start all of those. So it's a full year next year of touring, you know? Nice. Yeah, nice. And I think people need rock and roll more than ever now. I think people are hungry for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Totally. Back to Groundbreaker for a second. Uh, one thing I thought was cool, um, you worked with a bunch of different writers this time around. Um, like, and sometimes sometimes the songs were like, either you don't have a co-write or you have a co-write with like three other people. Like, were these songs kind of formed going into it or like, did you really get to actively contribute to these? Well, I mean, I got to add to some of them. I mean, some of the songs Ali had sent them to me and I would go through them and say, yeah, I like that one. Some of them I didn't think suited Groundbreaker. And I guess with songs that come in with me, if I'm not one of the initial writers, Alex, I kind of try and put my stamp on them with whatever vocal I put on them. Because Ali always says to me, because Ali's a great singer, so Ali will send me a demo and it'll have a great vocal on, but he'll say, just ignore that vocal and just do exactly what you want. You can change the melody, you can do what you like, you can phrase it differently. So I guess my stamp on the songs that I didn't initially have any involvement in is when I go into the studio and put all the harmonies and 
arrange the backing vocals and stick the lead vocal on. That's why I kind of make it mine, if you know what I mean. So, but, you know, Ali writes some great songs and we write some, written a lot of songs together. So it's always nice to bring new writers in because you get a slightly different slant on, on the direction, you know? Absolutely. And you, you guys even pulled out a really cool cover tune. You pulled out a really early Michael Bolton song called Carrie, which I think yeah. sounds fantastic. You, you do a great vocal performance on it, man. And then Thank Sven Larsen with, with a great guitar solo. Talk about why you chose that, that one. Like, whose idea was that? Because that's such a cool song to pull from the vaults. Well, to be honest, um, Serafino, the head of the label, has been trying to get me to do some Michael Bolton stuff for a long time. And I've always <laughs> been like, why would it, like, you know, like the early days of his rock career when he did The Hunger and all that stuff and he was yeah. singing great rock songs. And, and I always have said, why would I want to do that? Because I won't be able to sing them better than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but um, so I think he snuck Carrie in. He sort of said, just have a go at this, see how you get on with this. Just put, um, not necessarily, it might not go on the album. It's one of those kind of things, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I did the vocal on it. Um, Ali did a new arrangement of the song and um, it came out great. I mean, I think it's a killer version of the song. So I eventually agreed that it could go on because I thought we'd done our own version of it. And I'm not one for just taking a song that's already been done brilliantly and doing the same version. I don't see the point in that. If you're going to do it, rearrange it a bit, use different instrumentation. And, you know, I mean, I'm never keen on doing sort of redoing songs that great greats have done. You know, I did heard it through the grapevine with FM and I didn't want to do that either, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to be singing songs that Marvin Gaye song, you know, and it was a pretty much the same with Michael Bolton, but I'm really pleased with the way it came out. And I'm glad you like it too. So, you know, no, I think it's a good version of the song. Good version of the song. Absolutely. That's that's interesting about like, like you make a good point that that song heard it through a grapevine. It's so iconic. And I've always loved the FM FM version. But yeah, that's got that had to be a little daunting now that I think about it. Like you're, you're going to sing this Marvin Gaye song and then it becomes kind of like a mainstay in your set list for like yeah. the rest of your career. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny because when that got brought up, that was just a song that we because it's a heavy version. There's nothing like the Marvin Gaye version, but I just said, I just said, they said, um, it's a great version of the song. We need to record it. And the management like, it's brilliant. You need to record it. You know, I'm like, there's no way I'm going near any Marvin Gaye <laughs> material. I'm not singing a track that Marvin Gaye's ever opened his mouth on, you know, and, um, <laughs> but we recorded it and it became a single and it was all over TV and radio <laughs> in the UK. So it's been with me for a lot of years, Alex, you know, so yeah. it just got to show you what I say doesn't count, really. You know. <laughs> yeah, it even it even followed you all the way to 2021 with the FM live record that came out earlier this year. There's yeah. a great version on there. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's with me for life, man. You know. Yep. Uh, the my favorite song on the record I wanted to ask you about uh, was Wild World. Uh, you also contributed guitar solo to that song. Talk about yeah. that one because I know you you play guitar sometimes with FM. Uh, what made you want to step into the lead role? I didn't. What I do is, right, <laughs> what happens is um, Ali sends me tracks and more often than not to get my okay and I'll write them. And he hasn't got round to, to finish on the song, the backing track. So he hasn't got the guitar player to put a solo on. And I can't stand coming to the end of a second chorus or a middle eight. And there's this huge gap with just a piece of music. So all I did, that guitar solo was played through a little old Zoom just as a guide guitar solo so that they knew that that's where I thought the guitar solo should go, right? For the guitar yeah. player to then come in and put the guitar solo on. But Ali said, 
that's a brilliant guitar solo. We're not replacing that. And that was that. It stayed. <laughs> so it, it was done on this Gibson SG that the engineer in the studio had with the highest action you've ever played in your life. So I'm there, I could barely play the damn thing. It was such an impossible guitar to play. So it started off as a guide guitar solo, but it stuck. So uh, fantastic. You know, I'm not trying to uh, <laughs> take away Robert's job or Sven's job. I don't think I'm going to quite be doing that. But um, it's very nice of them to keep it. I love playing guitar and I do a lot of twin lead guitar harmony stuff in FM and I've done a few solos on records. But, you know, they, I'll get left the vocal job, you know, and I'll leave the other bit to the guitar players, really, you know. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's I love happy little accents like that on records when some little thing you didn't expect to, to become part of the record becomes part of the record. So that's cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to jump back to the past just for a second because I thought I thought this was interesting. I was reading about FM, FM's history, and uh, Tina Turner just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you guys actually got to open for her uh, in the mid '80s. Uh, what was that tour like, and what was it working with Tina? Like, how did that come together? I think that's so cool. Like that. I think that was one of your earliest tours too. It was amazing. I mean, we, we hadn't really signed a record deal, Alex. We got the band together um, and we decided, because we were all doing well, I was working, I was an in-house writer for Warners and I was working with, um, I was managed by Brian Lane, who managed Yes and Asia and, and all of those bands at the time. Um, and he was just paying me to live in London and write songs for, for artists, you know, and uh, we put FM together as, old friends I knew Pete and we said right okay we all, we're all doing really well they were in a band called Samson but they wanted to do this this band called that are a melodic rock band so we said okay I said me and my brother said let's get together we've got two songs one called Face to Face one called American Girls that are written for this other band we're in um, let's get together do four songs if we get a deal we get one if we don't we walk away we go back to what we do because we didn't want to like gig around clubs and the funny thing was we did the four songs sent them to the first tour we they got meatloaf's manager got to hear them oh wow Meat, meatloaf was um out in uh europe doing a tour the bad, bad attitude tour oh and nice. all of a sudden we we got offered six shows on that we hadn't even got a name for the band <laughs> <laughs> we only had we had to quickly get another load of songs together to get a half an hour's worth of material together you know so um we did that and we got a record deal offered us from um, Portrait, which is CBS Records, just on the strength of four songs and another record deal. But in the meantime, Brian Adams was on tour with Tina Turner on the Private Dancer Tour. Yep. And Reckless had just become the biggest selling record in America. So he left the tour. And once again, this band, that new band from England, we got the dates. And they were arenas and sports halls in Europe. We wow. barely got started. We barely got started, but what a great launch pad for a new band. And that's how FM began. We, we actually didn't do a club gig until about a year into our career. We did wow. massive stadium That's gigs. incredible. It was the first gigs we'd ever done. It was really the weirdest back-to-front way of launching a band ever. By Man. pure luck. By pure luck, you know? Man, talk about a trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, but it really did teach us... Um, how to work big stages very quickly because you know you're, you're on this huge stage the size of you know a football pitch and you've got to use it and it was like you know we learned how each other were going to perform on stage before we ever got to headline our own shows it was totally back to front really back to front and then we came back from an arena tour and thought right let's sign one of these deals and um we best do a club tour 
you know, <laughs> and get yes. our own kind of thing going, you know, and that's how it happened. And it was uh, amazing being on those tours that early on in the band's career. It was, it was fantastic, you know. Yeah, that's incredible, man. I got one more question about the past I want to talk about because this was so weird. This, so I was getting ready to talk to you. I was watching some videos on YouTube and YouTube has that thing where it auto-plays the next video. So it auto-played a video of your first band, Wildlife, doing the song Shot in the Dark. And I was like, wait a minute, that's that Ozzy Osbourne song. Like, yeah. it's in a different form. It's a little slower, but it's that, it's that same Ozzy Osbourne song. What, what is the history with that song, song there? Like, how did that... Like start there and make it all the way to Ozzy's Ultimate Sin album. Um, I can't go into it too deeply. But, um, <laughs> I was in a band um, many years ago called Wildlife with Simon Kirk from Bad Company, mm -hmm. um, and we were signed to Swan Song. And the bass player in that band was a guy called Philip Susan, who was oh. the bass player on that album. And you probably heard of Phil, you know. Yep. We were good friends and Phil was there. Phil got the job in Wildlife. He auditioned and we gave him the job as the bass player and he did the, the, the album with us for Swan Song. And then we were writing a second album and uh, we were writing, uh, funnily enough, at my mother's house. We, we were back home, me and my brother, visiting the family. And Phil came over to stay as he used to and uh, we were in, just writing some tunes and we wrote this tune called Shot in the Dark. Phil was there, the three of us wrote it, and my brother came up with the chords, the da, 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 all that stuff, you know, and the do, 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 and we did that. And I came up with the melody. And um, that was it. Wildlife. I'm gonna have to cut this short, Alex. How long have you got? How long's your show? You know, but, uh, <laughs> I think I got 25 minutes with you. Yeah. All right. So basically, we then all went off. I went off and did something else. We didn't make a second wildlife album because bad company went back out on the road in America doing arena tours. So Simon had to go off and I went and formed FM and that's how that happened. So probably about I don't know, how many years after that, I was listening, watching a TV program called the, uh, the tube on UK television. I was in the kitchen and I heard this song. I'm like, ah, I kind of know this song. <laughs> and I'd forgotten about it because it didn't. We didn't do the second Wildlife album, so um, and sure enough, it was shot in the dark with Oz, Ozzy singing it, and he'd rewritten the lyrics for to suit his make them much darker. Um, as if you've heard FM's version, it's a bit more soppy than Ozzy's yeah. version. Um, you know, and uh, you know that was it. Phil had gone joined Ozzy's band and said he got this song and told him it was him his, so he got fifty percent of it. And Ozzy rewrote the lyrics and got the other fifty percent. And at that stage in my career, I was signed to Epic with um, FM. Ozzy was Epic's biggest rock artist at the time, and so I just thought, you know what, leave it, leave it be, leave it be. You know? I mean, I just got on with my life, and you know, good luck to Ozzy and. You know, I'm glad he had, a, had success with it. You know, it was a great song and he did a good version. So good luck to them. You know, if you dwell on these things, Alex, in the music industry, you'll, you'll kill yourself or beat yourself or forever. You just have to move on, you know, and that's what I've done, really. You know. Nice. Yeah, it was just so, so surprising to me when that when that song started. I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that, that's really cool. That's an interesting story. Yeah, I knew Phil uh, was in Ozzy's band, but I didn't know he was in Wildlife. That's cool. 
so to kind of wrap this all up, just to bring it all home, I always like to end these things on a positive note. Um, and I always ask for, do you have a funny story from either being on tour or on stage where it's just something silly happened or something went awry, like being on tour? Yeah, all everything goes awry. I've been on tour, <laughs> I, you know, at my age, it's hard to remember them. Remember the things that happen, you know. But um, I remember <laughs> doing a show. We had uh, this is just a lie out of thing. When Bon jo when we toured with Bon Jovi, right? They had all the long coats, and uh, we loved that look. So we then went out on a headline tour, and we had spent a fortune on all these <laughs> long jackets with chains on the shoulders and things like that. They were the business. We thought, you know. So the first night of the tour, having got this coat that cost about £2,000, I walked to the side of the stage and I'm there doing my bit down the side of the stage and I got the chains hooked on the lighting rig, walked back across the stage and ripped the sleeve straight off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hanging there. And the, the, the audience were like looking at the lighting rig, not me, because the coat was still there and I was on the other side of the stage. It was like, you know... But there are millions. I mean, I've been on the on the road for 40 some plus years. So there are thousands of those thousands. But, you know, it, it's like being on holiday for, for life. It's a great life, you know. So every gig has a funny story. Every gig, you know. So awesome. it's fun. It's fun. Awesome. Those final tap moments can sometimes make for good laughs, for sure. Uh, Steve, this has been a blast. Everybody needs to check out Groundbreaker, Soul to Soul. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it on the Frontiers website. Uh, is there anything else? Like, Do you want people to find you online? Like, Is there a certain page people should follow, Steve? Yeah, there's a Steve Overland official website, which which has everything I'm doing on, which is a lot of stuff. So if you, lo- if you like the music, then it's a good way of finding out what's going on. You know, so um, as well as listen to people like you, Alex. You know, thank you so much, man. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you coming on here, Steve. Uh, Till next time, I'm the Sly Dog. Peace, love, and rock and roll.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.